You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. We are live. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams on Right Side Radio. And like the man said, we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, we got a guy calling in in a minute that I think you're going to enjoy hearing from. But before we do that, let me tell you about my friends at E-Tax Breaks. If, if you're not aware of the fact, there are tax breaks and tax incentives that are available to businesses all over the place. Now, I used to work with these guys, and I can tell you right now, they know what they're doing. If there is a if there is a tax credit or tax incentive that you qualify for, all you got to do is go to their website, www.etaxbreaks.com, do a forward slash right side, and see if your business qualifies. That's e-tax breaks. They will help you find money you did not know was even there. Hey, listen, we're going to continue with this whole thread we were talking about with government accountability. And I want to bring on somebody who um, I've gotten to know somewhat in the last year. I've been uh, uh, really pleased to be a part of a uh, Club for Growth Foundation fellowship. Uh, and my guest coming on now is uh, Mr. David McIntosh. And David is a president of Club for Growth. If you're not familiar, Club for Growth is the nation's leader in advocacy for economic liberty, fiscal discipline. Uh, they're based out of D.C., and they have a huge impact uh, in the members of the uh, House and Senate in D.C. We have some of our, our, our current delegation that, uh, that lean in on their data uh, and, and find them to be very helpful. He's also, by the way, a former congressman himself from Indiana's 2nd District, and he served as a special assistant in both the Reagan administration and the first Bush administration and a co-founder of another organization that I'm very fond of called the Federalist Society as a conservative attorney. So the president of Club for Growth, uh, David McIntosh, is on the line with us right now. Uh, David, greetings to you. Thank you for coming on Right Side Radio. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be with you on this Independence Day weekend. Well, it is, and it, and it was a great weekend. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that uh, Governor Christy Noem couldn't have fireworks where she was, the fireworks display in D.C. where you are looks pretty darn good. It was very nice, um, and, and our neighborhood out in Arlington had, a, had one that a bunch of us got together and celebrated mask-free and enjoyed the freedom of the day. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, my wife and I were watching it last night for a bit, uh, and uh, we, we, we hearkened back to my favorite uh, fireworks demonstration ever was literally sitting on the parade ground at the Pentagon when I was stationed there in 2009 and, uh-huh. uh, and sitting there watching it with all the other Pentagon families as, it, as they, you, know, you could see the monument, the Washington Monument, directly across the way, uh, and, and it, was just, it was surreal uh, to think that, that we were there. But, hey, listen, thanks for what you do, and you um, – you, with your organization, Club for Growth, and truly with the Federal Society, have been making a dent uh, in matters of conservative public policy for quite a while now. And you guys have also uh, been sort of leading the charge on what I would call scorecarding, getting out there and letting people know how elected officials voted when they went to either D.C. or, for that matter, sometimes you're starting to get into state houses. Um, and I'd love to hear your philosophical underpinnings for the idea of scorecarding before we even unpack some specifics. I'm glad to. And, but first, let me say congratulations to you and to the Alabama Policy Institute for releasing your scorecard for the 2021 session in Alabama. I think it's fantastic. I had a chance to pull it up and download it, and I think you're very thorough and, and a great presentation I think the philosophy behind that scorecard and our scorecards 
are, is really to allow voters to have information about what their representatives do when they go to the Capitol and they pass legislation and vote on things, or in some cases decide not to vote, to skip out on the, the hard votes and don't even participate. I think when voters are armed with that information, they make better decisions at the polls when they decide who to vote for, and they can weigh in with their representatives and say, hey, I, I noticed you didn't vote on this bill that, uh, say, legalized gambling or, or legalized marijuana, I think was one in Alabama, or raised taxes. Why didn't you vote for it? Or why did you vote to raise my taxes? I didn't want you to do that. That's not what people want you to do when we elected you. It makes our representative government more responsive to the people. Well, it does, and I, and I think it's key. Information uh, not only unlocks minds, it also creates opportunities. And, and, and I tell you, too, uh, David, I had an interesting call the other day. A, um, a former member of the uh, state senate, known as one of the most conservative members of the body, he ran for a statewide office a little bit later, and, um, and, and, and of course had to leave his senate seat to do so, did not win the statewide office, but he's, he's now he's gotten hold of the scores, and he recognizes that the guy who took his seat scored abysmally on the scorecard. Literally, there were Democrats scoring higher than this gentleman as a, as really? a Republican. Oh, yeah, it's awful. And, and, and his call to me was, listen, I think I'm going to get back in. I think somebody's got to run for that seat. And if, if, if this scorecard serves the singular, singular purpose of at least replacing one moderate or weak individual in terms of the conservative public policy with someone who is far more conservative, then I think it wins. I think it does a great service to people to educate them about how how their representatives are voting. And like the example you just gave, it it could inspire people to themselves get involved and and run for election because they don't like to see what's going on. I think, as you said, it information is power, and telling people what's going on in the state capitol, what their representatives and their senators are doing there, is a critical function, I think, to make our democratic form of government work. Well, now, David, uh, Club for Growth has been doing scorecarding for a while. In fact, uh, it was interesting to me. So, you know, we, we get concerned sometimes when we see things coming out of um, our, our governor's office. And Governor Kay Ivey has, you know, um, been largely what I would consider to be, at the very least, moderate to conservative. Um, but her chief of staff, Joe Bonner, used to be a member of Congress. And, and I went back just to check and see because some of the policies that we see coming out seem a bit squishy, just to be honest. And mm-hmm. when I went back and looked at Club's scorecard on him, he was actually ranking as one of the um, lowest scoring members of Alabama's House delegation, uh, congressional delegation, uh, back when he was a member of that body. Um, and so it just it immediately... It, it gave me a background data for why I'm seeing some of what I may be seeing. Um, it's very, they're very helpful tools, and, and they really do, as you aggregate all the votes, reflect the type of, of person someone is. Everyone on the Republican side says they're a conservative, but are they really? You know, sometimes all they mean by that is that they're pro-life, and otherwise they join the Democrats in spending and increasing government power. And they're not conservative on those issues. Uh, in Alabama, we've got the congressional scorecard. We've had that probably, I think, for about 15 years. The the foundation now publishes it. And um, Mo Brooks has an 86 lifetime record. I think uh, next to Gary Palmer's, that's the highest in uh, Alabama. 
Um, but the other interesting thing is sometimes these scores cards show you trends. Like Gary was always in the 90s, and, and those are our champions for economic liberty. But once he got elected to leadership, I noticed last year his score fell down to 72. And you get pressure when you're in leadership to go along with when McCarthy compromises with the Democrats up in Washington, there's pressure for the leadership team to support that. And so the scorecard will reflect that trend, too. And, and uh, Gary's a good friend, but he'll have to go home and explain to people what was going on, that, that suddenly a score dipped a little bit. Hopefully it, it'll come back up uh, this year. Uh, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, I hadn't seen the latest scores. Uh, Gary Palmer, uh, Congressman Gary Palmer, you, you may recall, is the uh, the person who founded the Alabama Policy Institute, uh, yeah. where, where I currently do work and, and, and where this radio show sprang out of. So um, let me ask you this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the, kind of the hard question. I hear the pushback once in a while uh, uh, from, from legislators in Alabama. Oh, that organization from out of state, they don't understand Alabama, and they've just put out the scorecard. They don't even get what we're about down here. How do you, how do you respond to that? One of the things that, that I find important on the state scorecards, and, and as you point out, those are new for us, and we do, we do it just on economic issues. And a lot of times, state legislators say, well, we want to help businesses, so we're going to vote for a special tax break for this business or a special subsidy for this business. Our position is have a neutral platform and cut taxes for all businesses, not don't pick and choose your favorite ones, because then the economy becomes politicized. And that's an area that you see a lot of differences. The other one, we've also got a missed vote scorecard, and honestly, Alabama is one of the worst states that we've seen where members will duck votes. Uh, and sometimes vote bills will pass with just six people out of the whole um, legislative body. And that's because the members know that if they voted for a tax increase in a local area, uh, their voters are going to say, why are you voting to increase taxes? Even if it's not mine, why are you voting to increase somebody else's taxes? Well, we- and so they just skip the votes. Um, we've started to, to keep track of that. I noticed the API scorecard does as well as part of its weighting system. And I, my hope is that when voters see, you know, if, if members, I'll tell you this, when I was in Congress, if I missed more than, say, 5% of the votes, my constituents would start to say, David, what are you doing? We're, we're paying you to go back there and vote on these bills and represent us. Well, that's exactly and, right. And, and you know, David, the average was like 30% in the Alabama legislature, we, which is means they're not really doing their job. We, we actually have uh, two state senators who were absent the entire legislative session this year, one of whom has been gone for two or three years, and it's because of health reasons. But, you know, the point made is that um, – we, uh, we, we literally think if you, if you can't be present for the job, you shouldn't keep the job. Um, right. And, and you, you, should, you should voluntarily resign, or at the very least, your constituents should understand uh, what they're missing by not having their representative, representative there present for them. So, yeah, all that said, and here's another unique piece we have, too, in terms of attendance, uh, David, here in Alabama. I don't know what it is like in other states, but in the Alabama State House, if you are not present for the vote, you can have somebody vote your machine for you by proxy. And so I, I, I do know for a fact, because I've seen it happen, any number of times a person who is not even in the building will call back on a cell phone and say, hey, man, vote my machine yes on that next bill. And that way they look like they were there and they really weren't. And, and that, to me, is something that needs to happen or needs to be changed, uh, and, yeah. and uh, ideally soon. But, uh, you know, it, it, 
I agree with you totally, Phil. The, the House under Nancy Pelosi went the other way and started letting people have proxy voting. Uh, I think I think that's a terrible part of it. You, you know, we we expect the people we vote and send to Congress or the state legislature to be there and to do their jobs and represent people. If they if they don't want to show up, let somebody else have the job. They'll show up and do it. Well, David, listen, um, we've got. It, it uh, seems like a minimum requirement to me. Hey, David, we got a we got a short break here. I'd like you to hang on during the break. We're going to finish this up for the for the next segment. Uh, Alrighty. But it, uh, it's News Talk seven seventy AM ninety two point five FM WVNN Right Side Radio. I'm Phil Williams, your host. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We'll be right back after this break. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk channel for the Tennessee Valley. This is Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. I'm your host, Phil Williams. Glad to be with you. Hey, before we get back to our guest, I want to real quick just tell you guys about some friends of mine that have Otter Creek Farmstead and Distillery in Northeast Alabama. It is literally one of the best kept secrets in Alabama. You may not know this, but Donald Trump Jr. stayed there a couple years ago. I mean, this place is way cool. Just literally hundreds of manicured acres. It's a wedding destination. It's a wing shooting destination. They've got gourmet chefs on staff. They've got 12 luxurious appointed guest rooms. You can stay there overnight. You can have the wedding. You can you can go out there and do some shooting. They'll cook what you shoot, but they'll also fix you a gourmet meal. And then, you know, I guarantee you'll enjoy the outdoors. It's prime upland habitat. And listen, ottercreekfarmstead.com is where you can find out about it. Hey, I want to bring back in our friend uh, from Club for Growth. Club for Growth is an amazing organization uh, that has been doing uh, an incredible amount for a number of years uh, to to be the nation's leader in advocacy for economic liberty and, and fiscal discipline and limited government, things that the Alabama Policy Institute is also uh, very keen on. And we came out, Alabama Policy Institute came out with our first ever legislative scorecard this year. Well, that's not anything new to the folks at Club for Growth. And uh, David McIntosh, the president of Club for Growth, all of Club for Growth, the president, is here with us right now. Uh, David, thank you for hanging on during the break. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, right before we went to the last break, you and I were discussing the issues of accountability and uh, and the fact that uh, public officials need to understand that their constituents have a right to know as much as anybody, probably more than anybody, about what they do when they're on the job. And then you and I were discussing, too, the, the fact that, you know, here you are, Club for Growth, you do mostly your scorecarding on the, uh, the U.S. delegations, but you've begun getting into the states, and some of those state officials, they, they, they get grumbly when they hear that the out-of-state organization is grading them. And you had some additional thoughts on that, I think. Well, and, Phil, one of the things we've seen as we, we go from state to state is the the absolute score sometimes is hard to to make a judgment about, but the relative score, the the ranking that it produces, really is a good insight into 
which of the legislators are most conservative. In our case, which of them are most uh, for free markets and lower taxes, less government spending, um, that set of economic freedom issues. And so, uh, and like the API scorecard, I think that overall score and ranking helps you identify who the good heroes are when you're a, a fiscal and conservative. And one of the things that, that I liked about the presentation that you all did at API is it's easy to tell on the key votes where all the members lined up so that people can go and look and find their particular member. Say they wanted to know on, on legalizing marijuana, which way did, did my representative or my senator vote? They can very easily find that and be able to locate that information and, and hold them accountable. Well, and that's the point is is hold them accountable because whether it comes to election time or just a phone call during the week, you know, we would hope that the well-informed constituency would would have the wherewithal to say, "Hey, Mr. Senator, hey, uh, Mrs. Representative, this is not what I elected you to do, and 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 I need you to do things differently from now on." Uh, Thomas Jefferson, I, I had a quote earlier in the show before you came on, David. That Thomas Jefferson himself literally said, "An educated citizenry is a vital requisite for survival as a free people," and and that's where we've got to be. We've got to make sure so that true. folks know daily what is happening uh, inside everything from the the state house to the uh, the U.S. Capitol, or for that matter, their local city council and school boards, which we're finding more and more in this pandemic, have powers we didn't know they even had. I I found that amazing. One one of the bills I noticed you all scored was to try to. Uh, make it li- shared responsibility and clear who was responsible for measures like a shutdown in, in, in a health emergency. Yeah, um, We're also seeing at the, the local school board level a lot of controversy on teaching this critical race theory oh, yeah. that is based on the premise that America is, is inherently corrupt and racist and evil. And our kids are being taught that. They're, they're being shamed that they're responsible for past past evils, um, rather than a sense of freedom and acknowledgement that, yeah, we, we have not been perfect as a country, but our democratic form of government lets us make the improvements and, and make the changes um, well, and appreciate what America is all about rather than well, David, throw it all out. I appreciate you being on the show today. It means a lot to me. T- tell the folks where they can find more about Club for Growth and your own scorecarding if they want to go check it out. Yeah, it's Club for Growth Foundation, and you can find it at clubforgrowth.org on the Internet. Uh, Please come check us out and join if you want. There's no cost, and you'll see all the different things that we do. Uh, You do great work, David. Uh, Thank you for what you've done with the Federal Society, too, and for Club for Growth. And I appreciate you being on today. Thank you, Phil. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back after this. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.